Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing the film Love and Mercy. It is a biopic on one of the Beach Boys. This film is one that I normally would not have reviewed because, number one, I really don't like Beach Boy music. I'm not trying to be bad to any Beach Boy fans. It's just not my thing. But I thought it was interesting, and the title grabbed my attention. So I decided to watch it. And again, this is another one that I wouldn't watch normally because it does have drug use, whether we're talking about pot or cocaine. And I personally just kind of skip those scenes because Anna does not like discussing those things. So I just skipped them. But this is not a show that is for children. Big caveat here. And it's one that I'm going to review simply because I thought it was very well done. It was kind of a longish film, but it really kind of explained in detail the struggles that can happen to people when they get fame. And also when they have extremely overbearing and abusive parents. And because it discussed both those topics very well, I thought it was worth reviewing. It covers the life of, let me see, I'm sorry, Brian, one of the Beach Boy brothers. And the thing I did not realize about the Beach Boys was that they were three brothers. I mean, no offense, I know nothing about the Beach Boys. So me figuring out, you know, that was just kind of interesting. And the fact that Brian was the oldest and also had to kind of deal with the brunt of both the domestic situation that was bad at home, which actually left him like 96% deaf in one ear because his dad continually hit him on that side. And just trying to work through that as a young adult, as an older person, and the struggles that he dealt with. Also having a terrible, terrible um, counselor or psychiatrist, whatever you want to call them, who labeled him as something he was not and then drugged him so that he could in turn basically kill him and rewrite his will. I mean, this is just crazy, crazy stuff. And the thing I thought was interesting about Brian was he went from, you know, having an overbearing dad to having the pressures of fame, which would be very, very stressful for even the best of us. It's like, I don't mean it weird. I've always been one of those people that's like, I don't see why you'd want to be famous. I mean, to me, fame is something that I would never desire. Um, yeah, I can see wanting to have enough money. You don't have to worry about life. Totally get that. But after a certain point, it's like, what's the point of being, you know, a billionaire? So you have a billion dollars, but are you going to use it well? Are you going to invest it wisely? Are you going to help people with that? Because after a certain point, you know, money's just money. I mean, that's all it is. It can't buy you happiness. It can't really, you know, do anything in and of itself unless, you know, you're using it for good or conversely using it for bad. And as Brian goes through his life, he ends up getting married very young to a woman who was 16 when he married her. And I really enjoyed the scene between Brian and Melinda, the woman who ended up marrying him at the end of the story when this movie was done. And they're still happily married and have five children. But they're sitting there at a restaurant, and he's talking to her about basically his life and et cetera. And he says, you know, 
16's really young, don't you think? And she goes, yeah, it kind of is. And he looks at her and he goes, well, why aren't you, you know, married? You're beautiful. You're smart. You're clever. Um, why aren't you married to someone? And she goes, well, you know, I did have someone, but they weren't good and they broke my heart. And therefore, you know, I haven't really invested in any new relationships. And he goes, well, that's very sad that they broke your heart. She says, you know, what's worse is that I let them do that. I let them bother me to the point that it troubled me so much that I didn't want to move forward in that arena. And you know, I really like that one scene in this movie, I think the best, because really that's kind of this movie in a microcosm, that little conversation that he has with Melinda. And I think that's one of the reasons that he ended up marrying her at the end of the story, or, you know, the end of this film. It's not definitely the end of their story. And the reason being is that it isn't really, I mean, as much as the horrible things can be, like growing up with an abusive parent that makes you deaf in one ear, or, you know, dealing with the craziness of fame, or the craziness of a medical doctor who messes up your life to the point that Brian's medical doctor messed up his life, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever you want to call him. But anyway, it's how we decide to react to those situations. It's, are we going to let our hearts be broken by it? Are we going to move forward? And you, know, I think that's a very good question to ask. And you know, it wasn't dwelt on very much in this room, but to me, that's the one takeaway that I took because I have always thought it's really not so much what happens to you, which no offense in my life personally, there's been a lot that's happened that's absolutely crazy, but it's not really any of that stuff that happened. It's how you react and how you move forward with your life. And you know, I think for everyone, we've all got crazies. I mean, you know, we all have dysfunction in our families in some level, in our, you know, crazy world just by living and breathing. Not any dysfunction that we necessarily cause. It's just dysfunction. And part of that dysfunction is sitting there and realizing that, yeah, you recognize the dysfunction, but you also recognize that you shouldn't let it break your heart, so to speak. And I think that's kind of this movie in a nutshell, because the both characters of Brian Wilson and the woman that he ended up with, Melinda, they had both had extreme difficulty. They had both had extreme trouble. Now, Brian's had been, I think, more long-standing simply because from the time he was born till, you know, he met Melinda and things started to get better for him, he was in a lot of trouble from his parents to his fame to his psychologist, um, psychiatrist, I don't know what you call them, but anyway. And Melinda, hers had been a little briefer. I'm not saying she didn't have trouble, don't get me wrong, because dealing with the fact that, you know, her boyfriend who was longstanding had decided to go off and have multiple affairs on her would be a devastating thing to deal with. I mean, really, it would be. But her sitting there and going, you know, it can get better. And I think that's one of the reasons that she was sitting there when she found out what was going on with Landry, the psychologist, psychiatrist, again, sorry, don't know the name. But anyway, um, when she found out what he was doing to Brian, she took it upon herself to get Brian to a better spot. And I loved how at near the end of the show, she's sitting there going, 
I want to get Brian out of this situation. Yes, I care about Brian. I would love to have a relationship with Brian, but I know that that is selfish on my part because Brian needs to figure out Brian's life. And really, that's probably best done without me there right now. And I don't want to have a relationship based on me wanting something out of it. And I think that's another reason that I really like this film, because she does help Brian get to a better spot. She gets Landry completely out of his life, actually has like a restraining order in perpetuity by the time the court case is done. So he can have a good life. So he's not overly medicated and can't even go get food when he wants it. Um, and she also helps a woman named Gloria in the film who is... Uh, I don't know what she really is in the film. She's like basically the housekeeper for Brian, but she's bossed around by Landry and threatened that he's going to export her out of the country because she doesn't have a green card. So she's terrified to tell on what Landry's doing to Brian because she's scared about being kicked out of the country and also that whole process. And Melinda looks at Gloria and she goes, you know, we need to do something. If you can get me one shred of evidence that proves that we can take to his family so that we can get Landry so he is not basically the power of attorney for Brian, then we can get you and Brian to a better spot. And so they take care of that. They actually find that he, Landry was trying to doctor Brian's will and remove certain aspects so I believe he could get a bigger portion should Brian die. And my guess is he was trying to kill Brian with pills so that he could get that. I mean, that's kind of the thing we are left to believe in this story. I don't know, but kind of come to that conclusion. And she takes that to his family and they are able to win the court case, get Brian out of there. Brian's able to go and not be in his beach houses. He can go move freely. He doesn't have to have people around him telling him everything he has to do. And at the end of this film, uh, Melinda is driving in her car, setting at a stoplight, and she starts to put the car and go, and she hits this guy. And she's like, almost. And she's like, I almost hit this person. Oh, my goodness. And she looks and goes, what on earth were you thinking, standing there in the middle of the sidewalk? And she looks up, and it's Brian. And she goes, um, da 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 And he goes, well... I would like to take you to dinner. And she's like, I don't want to be in a relationship with this person. This person has been through enough. We do not need to complicate things with a relationship. And so she's like, you know, I really have an appointment. I have to get through Brian. And I'm really glad that you're good and healthy and all's well. But, you know, I really do have an appointment. And then he actually comes and gets in the car with her and goes, well, I want you to drive me home. And she goes, I'm not driving you to Malibu from where I am because that is way too far, Brian, for me to get to. And I do have to go to an appointment. He goes, no, no, no. I want to go to my home that was here on 119th Street. So she does drive him to that spot. And that spot is now basically a highway with a sign that says the end because the houses have been demolished and there's a freeway where his house used to be. And he gets out, kind of looks at the freeway and go, and she goes, you had no idea that your house was gone. I mean, and she's sitting there going, you know, is he going to take this so right? Is it going to be okay for him? <laughs> and I love that final scene where they're looking at each other and they're going, you know, 
it's okay. And he kind of tries to start talking to her and convincing her that, you know, they should maybe try to chat more, et cetera. And I like that at this point, she's sitting there going, you know, I'm not going to try to get into a relationship with this person, but I'm also not going to be the kind of person that's like, I won't go out to dinner with them. So I love the conclusion, how you really, it's not like this big, you know, life is solved and everything is perfect kind of thing, because that's not the way life works. And you do find out at the end credits that um, Landry was convicted of his bad actions. And Brian got the help he needed and ended up marrying Melinda. And they had five children. And Gloria was their closest friend still after all this time. And I really enjoyed the end credits where the real Brian Wilson is singing Love and Mercy. And I really have never listened to Beach Boy songs, except when I happen to be in a store that's playing them on the loudspeakers, and I'm like, oh, that's the Beach Boys. And, you know, I hadn't ever heard Brian Wilson's Love and Mercy, and I have to say it was a very good song. And it reminded me again that, you know, a lot of times Love and Mercy looks different than most people think. I mean, you know, we like to think that it's something where we extend grace to everyone but sometimes that's just not possible and you know sometimes it's extending the grace you can which can in fact be you know sitting there going some people can't do x and in this case it was landry couldn't hurt brian any further and that was in itself a mercy for both parties because stopping people from hurting people is a mercy and getting people so that they're not being hurt anymore is a mercy and really, at the end of the day, it is about love and mercy. Although, in my opinion, it's also kind of about redemption, because if things go wrong, it's not that those things are ever meant to go wrong, but they have to be redeemed. I mean, it's kind of one of those scientific things that you go, you know, if things have been put wrongly, then they need to be put back rightly, or as rightly as possible. I kind of think of like automatons that get, you know, a bung, like if you see, um, what's his name, C-3PO, and he's damaged in battle, and his wires are hanging out of his side, and he, you know, he can still function, but it's not like he's at the best of, what do you call it, ability to function at its best, at its peak performance. And, you know, that can be mended. The wires can be redone. The, you know, the bright, shiny exterior can be put back on. And it's not that the past is erased, but it's simply that the present is so good that the past is, you know, a distant memory. And at the end of the day, you can sing about love and mercy. And I think that's kind of the concluding to, you know, what do you call it, conclusion of this film. Again, I would give this film probably a 9 out of 10. It did move rather slowly, like the Fred Rogers run I recently reviewed, but I still enjoyed it. I still found it, you know, interesting. I do have to say, I had to skip some parts simply because the copy I had was skipping really bad, so there were a couple scenes I didn't see in this film, so I'm not saying I give the entire film a 9. And I pretty much would totally wholeheartedly agree that I wish they would have removed the drug usage, but that was part of their lives. And therefore, you know, it did probably need to be included. And, you know, I also wish they hadn't have had the actions of Landry shown 
quite so much simply because I don't like people who are extremely aggressive and verbal, but that's the way he was. So again, you know, there you go. I would not probably watch this with children. I might watch it with young adults, like 14 and up, just so, you know, they know what life can be like sometimes. And also so that they have those things in their back of their brain that go, you know, it's, it's also about not letting your heart be broken just because somebody does something atrocious. And those kind of things are good for kids to remember. So that is my review of Love and Mercy. And with that, on and out. Check it at the round table. Bye!